welcome to our third podcast on circular economy. Today we have a very special guest, the CEO of Nespresso Belux, Oliver Perqui. Hello, Mr. Perqui, and thank you for meeting with us. Let's jump right into uh, our questions. Before we go deeper into the topic of circular economy and sustainability at Nespresso, could you provide us with a background on your job and how you rolled into the company? Sure. Hello, Hervé, and thanks for having me. Uh, welcome as well, uh, all the students listening. Um, well, I joined Nespresso almost 13 years ago. Uh, before uh, joining Nespresso, I've been working 13 years for another Belgian proud, which is AB InBev. Uh, probably with a lot of students uh, are familiar with the products of AB InBev, with Stella Artois, Ougarn, and Lef, and all the other beers. Um, I've been working for them as well for 13 years. And then I moved to Nespresso in 2008, joining the Benelux organization. Um, where I was taking care of the out-of-home channel because at Nespresso we have an in-home channel, we have an out-of-home channel as well. And then after three years moving to Switzerland where I had several international roles before becoming the CEO for Austria. Uh, Austria is a smaller country than Belgium but for Nespresso a very important market because it's a, a high-drinking uh, coffee, uh, high coffee market. Uh, and I came back to uh, Belgium one year and a half ago. Uh, so I'm 13 years now with the company in several roles, several several responsibilities. I think in the meantime, I know the company quite well in the brand, but happy to be back after eight years abroad uh, to be back in Belgium. Okay, very interesting. Um, and why do you think circular economy is the way to go? What are the advantages or the opportunities in your opinion? Well, I think... Nespresso, its DNA always has been around sustainability. Um, we we work with very um, premium, high quality products. We, so we always have to make sure that from the start of our production, we use the best materials. Um, the, 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 the concept of Nespresso since its beginning uh, was an innovation where we have been able to provide barista kind of quality coffee by uh, delivering a portion system. Now, the portion system was invented back in the 70s, launched in the 80s, and then became quite popular in the 2000s. Um, the uniqueness of the concept we developed was that we keep the freshness of the coffee bean inside a capsule by using aluminium. Now, aluminium is the best potential material to still today to keep the freshness of the coffee. Why? Because it's protecting coffee from uh, oxygen, water, and um, uh, light. Sorry. Mm. So the, the reason why we use aluminium is because it protects the fresh coffee against, um, against air, uh, water, and light. Mm -hmm. So every time you use a capsule, you have a fresh cup of coffee, and it's always a consistent quality that you will find. Now, uh, aluminium is uh, a product that is asking for a lot of resources to use uh, aluminium. And that's the first thing we did was uh, to, to make sure that we could recover, for example, as much aluminium as possible to recycle it. Okay, So that's one of the first elements in our whole value chain where we say we want to reuse as much uh, aluminium as possible. And by the way, um, it took us some time, but as of this year, the aluminium that we produce, of other capsules we produce, is 80% out of recycled aluminium. Yeah? That's the most obvious uh, element of a circular economy. Another element is um, we use machines, we sell machines, um, we have professional machines, we have consumer machines, and there uh, again I think it's very important that more and more the machines that we build, new, 
are made out of recycled uh, material. We go even one step further is that whenever you have a machine, uh, we try to make the life cycle of the machine as long as possible. And even at the end of the life cycle, we will refurbish again and potentially provide customers that are interested to buy uh, refurbished machines or even professional customers that can exchange machines against not necessarily novel, new machines, but as well against refurbished machines. Okay? Mm -hmm. So there's all elements of, of how to uh, reinvent um, our business model over time to, to push much more of circular economy. In the end, one of the main drivers behind this is to make sure that you limit your footprint as much as you can. Okay, mm -hmm. and reusing materials is one of the elements as well to reduce CO2, um, which for us is a very important element. I think we're one of the first big coffee companies that have set extremely ambitious targets on um, being CO2 neutral by 2022, which is actually next year, mm -hmm. um, which is an extremely ambitious target because initially, I think up until last year, our target was by 2030. So we brought it eight years forward, uh, which will re request a lot of efforts from the entire organization to make, make this happen. Now, in our operations, for example, we have been CO2 neutral since 2017. But what we want to do at Nespresso is that we want to be neutral from the production of the coffee trees up until the recycling of the capsule, which means as well that if you drink your coffee at home, you use energy, Nespresso will be making sure that we even compensate for the energy you use. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So it's not only our own operations, but even including the consumption of our, our coffee at home that we're going to neutralize. In Belgium, for a professional channel, we are already CO2 neutral since last year. And so for the consumer channel, we will be uh, next year. Now, how do we do this? By, as I said, reducing as much as our own CO2 that is already happening. Uh, very concrete examples are, for example, use of green energy uh, in our own boutiques, in our own offices, um, the way we deliver our coffee to your home. Um, all of this is um, CO2 neutral. That's the first biggest trunk of how to reduce. The second one is in our coffee plantations, um, what we're going to do, what we are doing is we inset trees. Now, what does it mean that we're going to invest in the diversity of uh, nature within the coffee plantations? That is, on the one hand, uh, giving the benefit of additional or better quality of coffee beans. Um, so, for example, if you plant banana trees in a coffee plantation, it will give shade to the coffee trees, which will increase the production and the quality of your coffee beans. But at the same time, you generate more revenue for the coffee farmer because they have additional revenue via, via the bananas. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's, benefiting, it's, it's giving a benefit to the diversity of the nature. It's increasing the quality of the soil. It's protecting against erosion. So all of this is an element um, of not only reducing CO2, but it's a way as well. It's, I, I would link it as well to circular economy because you use the same territory to add business to the farmers. Mm -hmm. And the third way we're going to uh, reduce and um, uh, re achieve the target of CO2 neutrality in 2022 is that we're going to offset. So basically, we identify important regions where there is uh, a need for, um, for more green and uh, oxygen, where we're going to invest in additional trees. Uh, uh, and that's called an offsetting. And so those are the elements 
So that's already a lot to explain about circular uh, economy. Okay, thank you. I think it sounds very ambitious already. And do you believe that um, in 2022 uh, you are going to achieve that goal for also the CO2 neutral neutrality for the customers? Yeah, we, we, we should. I mean, Nespresso is committing to this uh, and the whole organization is committing to this. So absolutely, we're going we're gonna to deliver this. Again, it's not a... It's not a, a process that we're going to implement overnight. It's something mm -hmm. that we've been working in for years and years and years. The only thing um, is that we committed to an earlier achievement because there's a necessity. Mm -hmm. yeah? um, I think it's important as a company to play this role, but there's simply as well, a, there's no choice. Mm -hmm. um, Nespresso has been pioneering in quality coffee uh, 35 years ago, and where back then coffee was a commodity, and I think many people have been shifting from a basic product into enjoying a, a high-quality standard cup of coffee, which has been increasing the demand for high-quality coffee, mm. which means as well there's more need for high-quality coffee beans. Now, with the climate change, um, there is a high risk of getting scarcity on the coffee. Why? Because um, just to imagine, uh, many high quality coffee beans are cultivated at a certain level above the, the sea. Um, now, because of the climate change, uh, a lot of coffee farmers, they, they need to go further up the hill. Now, if you go further up the hill, there's less space. And obviously, there will be less production. So that's just one reason why, uh, not even talking about natural disasters, where you can have complete territories destroyed, all of this needs to be prevented. And one of the elements that is important is to, to act against this climate change. And I think for society, there's a reason to do it, but as well for us, because we need the coffee beans. We need the farmers to, to, to have enough um, revenue to survive and to, to keep being motivated to work in coffee farms in order to produce, produce uh, trees. Could you tell us more about the initiatives that Nespresso takes to contribute to sustainability and creating a more circular economy? Yeah, so I, I referred us to the to the use of aluminium, and in 2009 uh, we started in Belgium to provide a program to ask our customers to bring back as much capsules as they can, um, and starting in 2009, that's 12 years ago. Um, today, there is 32% of the capsules that are returned and recycled. We have a capacity of recycling 100% since a couple of years now. Uh, what we try to do when it comes to the recycling of capsules is that we want to make it as easy as possible to the consumer. So the, first of all, the customer should know that he or she can bring back the capsules in order to be recycled. And secondly, we, we have to make the collection of the capsule as easy as possible. Today, it's quite easy. You can bring it either back to the to the boutiques. Um, the easiest is probably when you order online. Uh, you can simply hand in uh, your bag of risk of uh, used capsules to the delivery uh, man or, or woman, um, or you can even put it in front of the door. It will be picked up. And then there's 1,500 other points uh, of collection, whether it's offices, whether it's Q8 uh, gas stations, whether it's 
partners of Nespresso like MediaMark, Krefel, uh, Van den Borre. Um, there's the, the DPD uh, drop-off point. DPD is our supplier to deliver at home, but they have several drop-off points as well where you can hand in your coffee capsule. So today there's this humorous um, number of areas where you can, can bring. Um, now, as I said, we have to communicate about it intensively so people know they can recycle their captures. But we have to make it as easy as possible. Now, what's the easiest for the Belgian consumer is that we have a very intense public collection system. Everybody's familiar with the blue bag, for example. Uh, we've been collecting cans, uh, PMD, uh, paper, glass for many, many, many years. And what we're aiming at is to make sure that uh, people for uh, aluminium captures have access to the same, uh, the same way of collecting waste. Because people are used to it. Yeah? Everybody's used to drop their can of whatever drink or their bottle of milk in, inside uh, one of the bags. We want to be part of it. Yeah? Now, the complexity is that Nespresso capsules or other aluminium capsules are not considered as packaging. Uh, so we are talking to FOSPLUS, uh, who's in charge in Belgium to organize collection of waste, um, to be part of it despite the fact that we're not considered packaging. Because aluminium is a very high valuable and you can recycle it forever. So this is a very high value in this product and we would make it uh, much easier um, to the consumers to simply drop it with the rest of their waste to guarantee that it gets recycled and I'm sure that this could be one way and probably the better option to increase from 32% to potentially um, up to 100% hopefully to recycle the captures. Now just to give you a parallel, when I was in Austria, uh, when I was in charge of the Austrian market, Austria has a very similar collection system of waste as we have in Belgium. And back then the numbers that I received, for example, for glass, glass is something that we started to collect and recycle in the 70s, so that's a long time ago. And still today, there's 25% of glass that is not collected. Yeah? So the 32% in, in, in 12 years' time is, 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 is an okay achievement, but it's not enough. Uh, mm. We have to push and to work as hard as we can to get to the 100% as quickly as possible. Yeah, of course. Um then each, uh, about the capsules, um, each capsule gets a second life. Could you give the listeners examples of the things that have already been made with recycled uh, Nespresso capsules? Sure. Um, so most of the aluminium, uh, that we have had very high quality aluminium. Yeah? So it can be used very easily for things that require high quality aluminium. Um, typically, where, do we, where is most aluminium is used is for own capsules. Uh, there is a... a uh, a cradle to cradle concept, so meaning that some part of our aluminium was used to make new Nespresso capsules. Most of the aluminium goes into the industries type like uh, car manufacturing and so on. But then we have our own um, uh, own concepts that we use. Um, we've been working with Swiss companies that use aluminium, uh, and the examples I can give you is, for example, Caron Dash is a very famous brand of pencils. Uh, so there's Nespresso, well, there's pencils made out of aluminium of capsules. Um, and then you have those um, um, uh, peelers to, for potatoes, um, which is a, it's a, it's a Swiss uh, company as well that makes those peelers, uh, uh, that you can use, uh, uh, that is made out of aluminium. And then the, the latest element we did was a, a, a Swedish company called Velosophy, building bikes, 
Um, so this bike's made of aluminium, uh, purple bikes. Uh, and there's another story behind this company. Uh, this company is selling bikes uh, for many years. They have now an espresso bike, and each bike that is sold uh, to a customer, they give one bike uh, to um, Africa for girls to be able to travel to school. Yeah? Because often in Africa, girls are um, not treated in the same way as boys. Often, uh, one of the problems is to commute. Uh, so bikes is sometimes a very good uh, solution to be faster and to be able to go to school every day. Okay, that's a very nice initiative. I think this also contributes to sustainability on a Absolutely. more global scale. Um, uh, what then is or are the long-term goals uh, of Nespresso when implementing the initiatives for a more sustainable product? Mm. Um, yeah, again, I think from the start of Nespresso, um, sustainability is part of our uh, um, DNA. Uh, for me, sustainability is much more than only looking into environment. Yeah? There's a huge social economic element in it. Uh, as I said before, we have to make sure that uh, our farmers, they can generate a revenue that makes them uh, able to live in decent conditions. Um, that's why we have a lot of initiatives from the start in our AAA program. And AAA program is a program, is our kind of sustainability program that we set up on our own. And the three A's, the, one, the first one stands for the quality of the product that we need because the beans that we're looking for, they, they require a very high standard of quality. The second A stands for the everything related to respect of nature. Again, with the aim to be able to provide uh, for the future enough areas where we can cultivate those green beans. And the third element is that to make sure that the, the economic and social conditions for the farmers are the best possible in order that they um, continue working in coffee farming, but as well the children, that they don't choose for other opportunities to, to have more revenue. That's why we pay a premium price and we work directly with farmers. But there's a, a lot of other initiatives where, for example, in Colombia, we set up a pension fund for the farmers because farmers, they don't have like we have a kind of pension uh, settling once we stop working. So we set up a pension fund for coffee farmers in order to make the, the life of uh, coffee farming more uh, uh, attractive. Um, another way of developing sustainability programs where you combine quality environment and social economical uh, investments and initiatives is in the countries in the world there's a lot of regions where there used to be a huge history of quality coffee and very unique coffee now many of those regions sometimes are destroyed by war or by disasters and back in 2014 we did the first uh, initiative in south sudan sudan is a, is a country that is completely destroyed by a civil war um, what we tried to do is to build again the region where there used to be a very exclusive coffee. And we have several other uh, examples in, in, uh, in other countries where there has been wars or natural disasters, where we build again the infrastructure so people can come back to this region and start doing again what their ancestors have been doing for many years, cultivating coffee. And it's a very good example of how, on the one hand, we can grow again coffee beans to offer to our consumers a unique coffee at the same time you 
built the entire infrastructure and you start a new economy again um, and you can make people have their living again in, and at the same time you do it with respect of the nature. So it's a very good example again of how a company can make a difference for nature, for the consumers, because we're a business, we want to sell, we want to make money, but you invest it directly at the very start of uh, your production and you give a new life uh, or a new uh, new hope and new opportunities to, to coffee farmers to bring back this uh, this idea of circular economy as well. So it's a bit of a, a vicious circle always. Yeah, okay, that's a strong message. Um, are there then any future projects that Nespresso is working on in terms of having a positive impact of the product? Well, I think we, we are a global company uh, and at global level there's a lot of initiatives. I mentioned already the CO2 neutrality. We're not there yet, but we want to make it happen. And it's not because you reach it that it's done. I mean, it's a continuous, mm -hmm. uh, it's a continuous process and potentially even there, we always have been innovating and pioneering in many areas. And I think even beyond 2022, we'll be looking for ways to innovate as well in how to reduce or even become uh, CO2 positive. Yeah? Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is that locally, there's a lot of initiatives that we still are looking into. Every time we sign up with new partners, we look further, how can we build further uh, a better way of either recycling products. Yeah. I'll give one example. Um, in Nespresso, you will not find any plastic anymore. Yeah. So everything everything that is wrapped, everything that is... Um, uh, every material, every accessory is made out of material that is sustainable. The only plastic we still have is in our machines. There's some components. But even the packaging of our machines is completely made out of uh, carton. Um, even the the, uh, the way to carry it, there's no plastic anymore. There's no isomo. There's everything is is made out of uh, paper and carton box. Um, uh, so that's that's another element we continue working on. Um, the third one is recycling, recycling of capsules, and that's where we need the consumer as well, because we can make it as easy as possible for the consumer to do it. Nevertheless, it's still up to the consumer to put it in the right trash bin, or today keep it separately, hand it in to the delivery man or, or woman, um, or bring it to the boutique. So that's where we still need the, um, the, the customer. Um, but I think even locally there's initiatives when it comes to, um, we want to, every coffee should bring good to society, okay? Um, not only to the coffee farmers, but I think locally as well, we as a company can make a difference. Um, looking at local initiatives to make sure that we can onboard people with different skills that are not the traditional skills. How can we, for example, integrate uh, people with, um, uh, with disabilities? How can we integrate them in our organization? Working in a boutique, working in a call center. Um, how can we put our expertise in terms of management, in terms of leadership to, um, to organizations that can use our expertise? I'll give one example. Uh, myself, for example, I'm mentoring students or uh, one student that is not necessarily having an academic background around her. She's studying at university and I'm mentoring her and giving her access to my network for future work opportunities. Uh, we have a program where we help students 
that don't have this network, because a network is still important as well for professional life, how can we make our competencies, our network available for people that are less fortunate than us? So it goes way beyond the company, it goes way beyond the production process, it goes way beyond the whole value chains. It's chain is as well, how can you push people forward? Another example is that our employees, for example, they get a, a free day every year to do uh, volunteering work. Yeah? So we, we have identified some uh, organization that we're willing to support. So people can take a day off to go and help uh, other organization and, and to put their competencies mm. at the benefit uh, of those people. So at different levels, there's, there's still initiatives for the future that we want to push forward. Um, and I think it's a, it's a mindset change as well, where sometimes people are a bit skeptical or black or about organizations like ours or others big organization that it's it's greenwashing and so on but i think what we want to try to convey as a message is that it's not a it's not a greenwashing it's a must because otherwise we if we don't do the things right we will not survive as a company uh, either you will not have coffee anymore or you will not have customers anymore so mm. it's just a it's just a, a necessity of doing the things right in a sustainable way and that's where I think everything that we initiate, the first reflection should always be how sustainable is this initiative? And if it's not, then we don't do it. Mm. Or you change it and you make it sustainable. Okay. Uh, and that's really part of the thinking process in, in, in the entire organization, globally, but as well locally, to do things right, to do things with a purpose. And it, coffee should be a force for good for everyone. Okay, I think this also has been made clear with your plans for 2030 that you already are going to achieve in 2022, that that's also something like a clear message for mm. everyone, the customers and the professionals as yes. well. Yes. Um, then um, for um, specifically for our, our organization, um, where in the company or with the suppliers or partners you are working with can we find this uh, social entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I highlighted already some, some examples for our own employees, for myself as well. Um, whenever, we, whenever we partner up with, um, with um, suppliers, um, I think there's a very strict guidance as well on how to select suppliers. Yeah? There should be a lot of sustainability inside the way they do business, whether it's based on CO2, whether it's based on the way they uh, have um, diversity inclusion. Uh, we are extremely strict uh, on this. And I think, as I said before as well, we as a company itself, we look very much into the diversity and the inclusion that we want to promote. There are several initiatives as well where we, um, we try to help as well uh, youngsters uh, to explain about healthy food. Um, to, we are talking to an organization where we could potentially help young people that are not necessarily finding the right path in their life. How can we use them and, uh, sorry, how can we help them to find the right path? Nestle, by the way, we're part of Nestle. Um, in Europe, we have a very ambitious plan for youth unemployment. Yeah? Before the pandemic already, there was a very high percentage of youth unemployment. So we as a company, we try to make sure that we, we even in Belgium, I think we committed to 600 recruitments for young people uh, in the coming three years, which is a huge number. Um, and this is a number that we have in, in the old Europe where we try 
ourselves to recruit young people, but as well we try to um, ask our suppliers and the rest of the network that Nestle and Nespresso are working with as well to do the same, to, have, to pay attention to the recruitment of young uh, people because youth unemployment is a big issue. Um, but there's other elements. I think in every relationship we have, we try to convey the message that for us social entrepreneurship is extremely important. And again, as I said, we as individuals in employees, we, we, me as a manager, I try to convince as well the organization to look around you and to, to, to see where you can put your expertise at the um, service of society in, in many different ways. Um, reaching out to organizations as well. Huh? Being here, for example, uh, I, I wouldn't call it social entrepreneurship, but I think it's important that we as a company reach out to young, bright people like you are to, to convey messages around you. And it's a way as well to showcase what can, how can we share the expertise that we have in building. Uh, I think it's extremely important as well. So I think in every relationship, we try to look for the sustainable elements that people can bring to us. And as well, young companies that have different approaches, how can they look at us and, and give us feedback on what can we do differently? So I think there again, interacting with other companies is extremely important. Um, uh, I think on Friday, I'm going to meet a small coffee company that is roasting coffee in a completely different way with sun uh, energy. So we want to see, can we work together? So that's another thing that is extremely important in doing business is the openness you have to companies. I think companies in the past very often were very closed and very secretive about how they were doing business. I think this has changed completely, that we can learn a lot from each other. Again, in the, in the, in the ambition to become even more sustainable. Uh, and sometimes it, it opens your eyes as well on how you are perceived and how you can as well improve your elements. So I think it's important in every relationship to do that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very profitable in many ways when you don't have that closed vision, but an open vision for your your company itself, but also for the partners and the customers, etc. Absolutely. And talking to, to the, your generation, for example, you you look at the world differently than, than, than we sometimes do. So I mm. think it's important to have this exchange and to, to get challenged as well and to understand how do you look at this and what is your ideas about it. Okay, okay. Mm. Then on um, your partners, for example, do you have some type of criteria tool uh, when selecting the companies or firms you're working with? Yeah. So at, at, at Nestle and Espresso, we have very high ethical standards. Uh, uh, standards like the conditions for workers, um, child labor, how do you deal with that, um, uh, what do you do about the environment, your CO2 uh, emission uh, report. So there's very strict standards that our suppliers have to commit to. Mm. Uh, the quality of the service stays always a, a very important element, of course. I mean, we look for the best, uh, so the quality of the service or the product you're looking for manufacturers, but they need to respond to very strict uh, strict measures and there's several audits done as well huh? so uh, many of our suppliers they get an audit to check to what extent they really answer to the the standards that we want to have and nestle tends to have extremely high standards even way above the, the i would say the legal requirements we apply stricter uh, standards than the legal requirements and that are audited as well now can you always avoid that there's something going wrong no but then it's a matter as a company, how fast do you act and how do you act upon it? Mm. Uh, 
price of your uh, services and products stay an important driver, obviously, as well. But price will never be the main driver. The main driver will always be to what extent do the partners um, respond and uh, commit to the standards that we ask for. Okay. And um, do you also work with like smaller firms, be it in Belgium or in Luxembourg or be it in uh, Latin America? And do you also apply those criteria and those high standards to those? Yes. Well, I think the best example is... Um, Probably it's important to explain that coffee next to oil is the uh, commodity that is sold the most. Okay, Most big companies, they buy coffee on the stock market. We don't. We buy directly from the coffee farmers. Now, mm -hmm. uh, we have 115,000 coffee farmers that work with Nespresso directly. Those are small companies. Huh? Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to be able to uh, deliver coffee to Nespresso, they have to respond to the three criteria on quality, on um, um, respect for nature, and on the social economical uh, um, requirements. And elements like how do they remunerate their workers, uh, how do they deal with child labor, uh, what do they use in terms of pesticides, all of those are strict requirements. Now there, obviously, we need to find the right balance between that they can make a living yeah, versus all the criteria that we impose uh, to be able to deliver to Nespresso. And therefore, we have 300 people that are visiting the farms the whole year they are. Now, those people are not necessarily only auditing the farm. What they do is they make sure that they help the farmers to give tips, to train them, to say, okay, How can I increase my production? How can I increase my efficiency? And at the same time, they will, uh, they will uh, control to what extent all those uh, dimensions are respected. Mm. So that's the best example of our most important suppliers, because in the end, they are the most important supplier. Uh, locally, we work with uh, the size of a company for us doesn't matter. Yeah? Uh, we are looking for the best service, the best product that they can provide us. They should be able to respect uh, the charters that we impose. And, of course, the price is one of the important elements. But there's no, I mean, there's no difference between the size of the companies. Mm. And I think sometimes smaller companies show agility that we need. Uh, we have a direct-to-consumer business model, which means that we interact directly with consumers. So our, our world is quite fast. So we need agility as well in the suppliers that we have. And sometimes you see as well that smaller companies can deliver certain creativity. Um, big companies as well. It all depends a bit on the company culture that is, uh, that is uh, in place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then on the business side, uh, what, is in or what are, in your opinion, the most important aspects of a business that need to transform to a more sustainable way of working? Um, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge for a company is, well, or, or the advice that I would give is, as a company, you should understand why you want to work in a sustainable way. Um, and the entire organization needs to know it. Um, so it's a conviction. Uh, and I think that's the most important word. It's a conviction why you need to do this. And every company has this um, responsibility towards society. But I think for most companies, it's just the reason 
to exist. And that's a conviction you should have as an organization. And every individual in the organization should be aware of this uh, conviction and should be convinced. And I would uh, almost say that if, as an employee, you're not convinced about the need or, or the opposite, you don't agree with the policy of a company, you should leave. You should mm -hmm. look for another company. Uh, because there should be a match between what you as a company are doing and what the employee believes in. So it's all about conviction and the entire organization should be behind it. You should understand why it is absolutely a must and a responsibility for each company. But as well for each individual. I think all of us, we're, we should constantly reflect on how can we contribute? What can we do in our personal life as well to uh, fight for a better future for, the, for everyone? Okay, I think that's very clear. Um, then, uh, one of Nespresso's um, 2020 goals is to pursue innovative solutions to better livelihoods of farmers. In what way do you believe innovation of the product has a positive impact on sustainable development? I think there's several angles. Uh, I already highlighted the initiatives we take for the social and economical situation of coffee farmers. I mentioned the pension fund. Uh, I mentioned the premium price. We help them to increase their production and quality of products. Um, well, I come back to the program where we develop new territories, which is called, by the way, Reviving Origins. That's, a, again, a very good example of your question. And to say, how can you be innovative and at the same time contribute to the livelihood, the livelihood of farmers and uh, to, to build the environment again? Um, I think we constantly look at innovation as well in the way we process coffee, yeah? the way you grow coffee, the way you treat coffee. And there as well, I think it's too soon to tell, but there's a lot of innovative ways of in technology. Um, when we develop machines, for example, we will always be looking as well, how can you reduce energy levels? Um, how do you make the machine? What are the components of your machine? So even in the development and the technology of a machine, you're always looking for sustainable improvements, I would say, contributing. So it's in the coffee farms, in the coffee innovation, in the machine innovation, but as well we do in the way we do business with our customers. Um, and it's small examples. Huh? Here in Antwerp, for example, if you order online, you can choose for bike delivery, for example. Okay. Um, we don't have it in every city yet in Belgium, but in, in, in Ghent, Antwerp, we have it, and we're planning to roll it out in other cities. So there, as a consumer, you can choose. Um, you, can, you can choose for the bike delivery. Another example is um, you can have a what we call Nespresso Easy. It's a subscription of coffee. Now, what's, what's the link with sustainability? Well, the link with sustainability is that basically you don't have to go to the boutique. You don't have to order online. It's just a standard offer that you subscribe your 12 months uh, coffee subscription and that every month you will you will get delivered. I mentioned already the, um, the negotiations we have with FOSS Plus to be, to be part of the collection system. So all of these are concrete initiatives to say what can we do uh, more and what are the initiatives that we have. Uh, innovation is, 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 is another element of our DNA. And I think we look into innovation in everything we, we do and innovation should always contribute to a, a better sustainability. So if you would get a 10-second commercial break on the radio or television, what is the main message you would give the audience to convince them to buy or use more sustainably from Nespresso? Mm. 
I think, and that's what we tried to do, by the way, in the last commercial we have, but I think the most important message is that um, coffee is a force for good. So it mm. brings good to the society and to the coffee farmers. And coffee can be a very sustainable uh, product, but you have to be sceptical in the way you buy coffee. But I, and, and to make it very concrete, I think it's the, um, the recyclability of the capsules and to bring back capsules. That would be the main message because it's mm. the most tangible element of the sustainability. Uh, but it's, it's the whole sustainability that is around coffee, that coffee can be a force for good for the world. Okay, thank you. That's very nice. Um, and then the last question, do you have some tips and tricks for us or maybe a take-home message? Well, I think you're, you're, you're the, the, the future uh, of society. Uh, I, I would say my main message would be to say that whenever you drink coffee, if you drink coffee or any other product, be sceptical on what you buy and, and what you drink in, in the case of coffee. Um, but at the same time, trust as well companies on their program, but be informed. Yeah? So don't simply say, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, but think about who's behind this coffee mm. and how this coffee is produced. Uh, so be sceptical, but be trustful as well. That mm. would be my main message. Thanks for all uh, the information you gave us, Oliver. It was very interesting. Uh, we are very happy to see that you are already putting uh, an effort in transforming to a more circular economy. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time. It was very, uh, it was a pleasure.